Thank you for listening to this week's podcast, for it is a revisiting podcast from May 15th, 2021. I finished up the 44-hour version of Stephen King's The Stand this week. I first read the Mammoth book back in the late 80s, and it made quite the impression on my younger self. Rereading as an adult approaching the age of midlife crisis and during the pandemic was eye-opening. The book's basic premise is there is a superflu called Captain Trips created by the U.S. government. Within a month, only a handful of survivors migrate to Boulder or Vegas. One group is evil, those in Vegas. The other group in Boulder is considered the good guys. As with any essential good versus evil story, there is a collision where good triumphs over evil. The stand is no different. What makes this epic tell of good versus evil is how it relates to the situation we are living in right now. There's so much uncertainty, so much doubt, so much anxiety, along with so much hope. Sensationalism engulfs readers when reading headlines, giving a feeling the world is ending with an impending doom. There is an overwhelming amount of reactions people have to these headlines. Some people are scared, some laugh at the outrageousness, and others sit back to observe. Once the dust all settled, the population in Boulder was steadily growing from a simple 500 to over 19,000. Civilization was getting back to normal. The police force was growing and started to carry weapons once again. Some of those in town enjoyed getting things back to normal. Others chose to move out of Boulder to live a simpler life without as many people. Today, we are noticing our lives approaching a possibility of normalcy. Personally, I am conflicted. Having a relaxed breakfast and lunchtime with my daughter while engaging in great conversations is dwindling. Traffic is picking up more and more. I want the ability to belly up to a bar and chat with strangers, but I also wish for a simpler life. What a juxtaposition. As we traverse our pandemic can I ask you for a straightforward favor? Be kind, and when someone voices an opinion that doesn't reflect your own, sit with it, ask questions to get more of an understanding of their perspective. Thank you. Speaking of a simpler life, let me tell you about a winemaker in 2006 who lived in Cincinnati, Ohio, making wine out of his garage on the side while working as an attorney being pushed to make partner during the day. Feeling the desire to learn more, Dave Spector reached out to Joe Henke of Henke Winery in 2009 for mentorship. Henke Winery was established in 1996 and is celebrating 25 years of success. According to their website, Henke Winery is considered one of the best top urban wineries in the country. Dave's wife, Sarah, who was Dave's boss, saw Dave's potential when he won two different wine competitions in 2011. One was for a Syrah Petit Syrah blend, while the other award-winning wine was a Seval Blanc. The couple took wine vacations, exploring different wine countries throughout the U.S., but the wine community was the deciding factor in establishing their winery in Oregon. I can't say I blame them one bit, but I might be a little prejudiced. 2012 was quite the year for the husband and wife team of Bells Up. While visiting a peach stand in St. Paul, Sarah handed over a retainer check to purchase land for a winery. Every day, Sarah was networking to find the place to call home for the vineyard and winery. Eventually, she came upon a lot of land that wasn't for sale in the Shehala Mountains. 
Two days later, she heard back on the price of the property filled with dead Christmas trees. Dave was busy interning at Alexana under Lynn Pinnerash and Brian Well at Alexana. After getting the soil samples and they came back luscious volcanic jewelry soil, the specters were on their way. Sitting here in the parking lot of my daughter's ballet studio, I realize I'm going through the motions of reciting a story you could easily Google. It is challenging to break frame from the normal hustle bustle to meet a deadline and produce. Let's restart a little bit. I pull up to the parking lot of Bells Up at 10 a.m. on a Friday in April. It's sunny out, but the air holds a certain brisk chill. Dave is waiting outside, and there is small talk going on outside while Sarah is inside prepping for the tasting. Dave took me into the building where all the wine magic happens, and you can tell he is like a little kid in a toy store showing off his toys. Please don't misinterpret the last sentence. It is meant in the highest regard in relating to another person who has a spark in their eye filled with excitement. When I notice a spark, it is usually followed by a fire in their belly to push them outside their comfort zone. There was a theme that I saw repeating itself through and through the three-hour tasting. With Dave and Sarah coming from a business accounting background, their approach to their organ venture is nothing short of methodical. I have zero doubts if you were to ask them what is their 10-year plan, it is on the tip of their tongue. The 15-year plan might be the teeniest bit hazy, but they know beyond a shadow of a doubt where they are going. I mention this because their first vintage was in 2013. With a plot of land full of dead Christmas trees, there is no way 2013 was a state-grown grapes. Partnering with other vineyards sharing the same vision of farming to produce outstanding wines is first and foremost to Dave. Going into the tasting room, Dave took me out onto the balcony, and wow, what a view. I used to live in the woods of Sherwood, and I got a daily view of Mount Hood. I did my level best to appreciate it every single day, but when you see a majestic view every day, there's a certain level of appreciation that falls by the wayside. I realize it is old hat for Dave and Sarah, but to look off into the horizon with the haze of the valley below is a sight to soak up like a southern country biscuit to gravy. You really don't appreciate a view like that until it's not there anymore. I could write backstory upon backstory, but I get it. You're here for the wine. Let's dive in. My first pour was the 2020 Rhapsody Pinot Blanc. If you know me, give me Pinot Noir even on the hot days of summer. But it's nice to have some alternatives. Pinot Blanc had great body, acidity, and an everlasting finish, reminding me of that very last note of an orchestra. I wouldn't consider Bells Up a cult winery, but there is a cult following for the Seval that Dave produces. There are only two producers in Oregon, Bells Up being the only winery in the valley for Seval. Somehow, Dave got this variety from New York in 2014. Consider this your inside scoop for this wine. Otherwise, it sells out before Dolly Parton's 9-to-5 workday. The nose on this wine was a mixture of floral and fruit, while my mid-palate took me back to visiting an exotic garden in Hawaii. I would love to bring this wine to a blind tasting and test the prowess of the blind panel. The 2020 Prelude Rosé of Pinot Noir is darker than most rosés. With 24 hours of skin contact, the body is a bit heavier than most, which I enjoy. Did I mention 
I was super crazy lucky to have a three-hour tasting with Dave and Sarah. Holy cow. Before diving into the Pinots, Sarah plated a picture-perfect lunch for everyone. Just wow. The whole plate was out of this world, and if Sarah hadn't said anything, I wouldn't have guessed the cornbread was gluten-free. The first Pinot served during lunch was a 2018 Titan Pinot Noir. These grapes come from a 10-year-old vines in the Chehalem Mountains, with a combination of Pomard, Dijon, Clones 115, and 777, there is a rounding out of the whole tasting experience. Immediately upon entry, the bright red fruit grabs your attention. I enjoyed how the tannin structure was integrated into a significant finish rounding out the whole experience. Next was the 2018 Candid from the vineyard that I can't pronounce in the Chehalem Mountains AVA. As with every wine I taste, I inspect the color, give a little swirl followed by a sniffy sniff to conclude with the taste. I made my notes and the whole room fell dead silent. What was different? Why was it so quiet all of a sudden? I took notes on this wine just like all the other wines. Looking up from my journal, my heart started to beat a little faster. I took a glance at my notes, looked at Dave and Sarah, and said, This is great! The room filled with wonderful chatter once again. Phew. The candid on the nose and palate were filled with dark red fruits. Of course, I'm a big fan. With 75% Vadensville and 25% Pomard, there are lovely spice notes on the finish. As Dave was pouring the third Pinot, he asked me if I was familiar with Killing Eves, a TV series. I was a little embarrassed when I said no. I was embarrassed. It's because a few years back, I created an iPhone app called Binge Guide. I never saw this series pop up in my feeds that I scour. Dave proceeded to enlighten me on the series and the next wine called Villanelle. If you're not familiar with the series or the character of Villanelle, here's a small tidbit. Villanelle possesses a cold brutality under her innocent-looking exterior. Vanelle kills with flair, recklessness, and absolutely no conscience. Paid with a lifestyle, a comfortable living expense, her own apartment, and a wardrobe to literally kill for, Villanelle glides fleetly through the streets of Paris, an understated beauty who can be both breathtaking and anonymous. Being a fanfare exclusive wine, this bottle is a favorite amongst the members. Most people think the Killing Eve character is the inspiration, but inspiration comes from Dave's other passion, music. Dave used to play the French horn. Creating a bond between wine and music is a natural fit. There's a Spotify playlist titled The Music Behind Our Wine Names. Of course, I would provide you a link, but you're listening, so I can't really provide you a link. Just search for it on Spotify. If you listen carefully during your tasting, you'll be filled with subliminal messages to buy more wine. I am kidding about the subliminal messages, but the music is quietly playing in the background. Before I dive into the last pour of my tasting, I want to mention what to expect when tasting at Bells Up. There is no online ordering when you visit the website. There is no online reservation system. Remember earlier how I was talking about a simpler life? When you call to make a reservation or order a wine, you will speak to either Dave or Sarah. They have you taken care of, you know, 124.5%. During a tasting, Dave will take care of your party, and the best part of that is 
you are the only party at the winery. You don't have to compete with other parties for attention. The royal red carpet treatment is rolled out just for you. The dynamic duo also has a super secret extraordinary power, which they refuse to disclose all the details of this said power. They do this thing called build a relationship with their customers, and they get to know them. For example, if you were to call up and say, I have been reading amazing reviews, and I want to buy 20 cases of the 2019 Jupiter Estate, if your palate matches up with the requested wine, they will gladly sell it to you. But if your palate isn't a match, a more profound discussion is required. They will not sell you a wine they think you will not like. This speaks volumes in this day and age when a winery will turn down your business because they value the relationship over the sell. The final pour of the day is a new release for the winery, and it is the first 100% estate Pinot Noir, the 2019 Jupiter. Over the years, some estate grapes made it into some of the other labels, but this is a landmark for Dave and Sarah. To have 100% estate grapes go into a label is quite the milestone. To see all the hard work and dedication before moving to Oregon in 2012 start to pay off has got to feel good. To taste the hard work with spices on the nose, deep dark fruits on the mid-palate, and a subtle lingering finish was quite unique. My tasting was coming to an end, and leaving without shaking Dave's hand felt so incredibly wrong. A measly elbow tap would have to suffice for now. I look forward to another visit when I can give a proper handshake. When you call Bells Up to make a reservation, please tell them AJ sent you.